Welcome back to Market is Closed. Good Monday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harris here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. We hope you all had a great weekend out there and an even better start to your week this week. Hope you're well rested because it is an important week ahead for our markets here. We've got a lot of economic data coming out this week. And of course, uh, all eyes are on the final FOMC meeting of 2023. And then we'll get a little break from the Fed, which is always nice. Uh, A couple of them. The next meeting is in for another month and a half. The one after that, another month and a half. So we'll get a little break there. Uh, But if today was any indication of what we're going to get for the rest of this week, then it should be a very good week. We should get some good economic data back, good news from the Fed. Uh, I say that because today we saw a number of fresh 52-week highs and, yes, all-time highs as well today. Uh, So let's dive into what we're going to see on this busy week. First off, Tomorrow morning, we'll get the latest look at inflation. We get uh, November's CPI data coming out tomorrow morning. Expectations right now are for 3.1% year over year. That's just on the overall CPI. doesn't include core CPI, which uh, the Fed apparently looks more closely at. Uh, but expectations, again, for 3.1% be back-to-back months of declines there. And the lowest number on the year-over-year reading since June, where we hit 3%. Uh, You know, we said it for some time after June, we were seeing inflation heading in the right direction, but it was never going to go straight down in a straight down line, uh, that is. Uh, So we got a little bit of a pop uh, after July, you know, got back to what, three, let me think here. After, let's see, here we got it. Uh, we got 3.2% in July, 37 in August and September. Then start trending in back in the right direction again. We got 3.2% in October. So a 3.1% would be once again a clear indication that we're still trending in the right direction. Again, it was never going to be a straight down uh, fall peak to trough from uh, the peak on inflation in 2022. Uh, but we do look for this trend to continue in the, for inflation to turn into at least disinflation. Um, and while we don't advocate for inflation here, uh, the goal for inflation should be 0%. As a matter of fact, it was 0% until about the 70s. If you go back and look at some of the FOMC notes from then, from that time period, you'll see their goal was to get to 0% inflation. It wasn't until more recently that countries intentionally were outspoken about devaluating their currency at 2% per year. But there is some benefit that does come with inflation. Increased asset prices. Now, of course, Kip has talked about this a lot. We've talked about it here a lot on the podcast. You know, there really are two Americas now, those that own assets and those that don't. Uh, it's, It's not a reality that we have to like, certainly don't here, but... That is the reality. If you own assets, they're increasing in value due to inflation. Uh, Assets being not just like your house, but stocks, uh, gold, other uh, hard assets here. Uh, And those assets perform best when inflation is between 2 and 3%. Uh, That's just 
the the way that it works here uh, gains when on years where inflation is two to three percent the average gain in the s p is 13.8 percent from if it's zero to two percent the average gain is 10.7 percent uh so if we are going to see a year next year where inflation does continue to get better and better you know between that two and three percent range we should look for another very strong year in the market so after cpi tomorrow morning we'll also get the producers price index on wednesday morning just in time for the conclusion of december's fomc meeting which will be followed by a, another presser here from the money printing rock star himself jay powell now i will say Jay Powell has not been as bad lately in talking the markets lower when he gets in front of a microphone. So let's see if that's a new trend we can see continuing. Uh, we reported on this for, for the last couple of years now. Jay Powell has the worst track record of, the well, really the last four. They didn't start doing these pressers after every FOMC meeting until under Ben Bernanke. So you got, you know, uh, just a few Fed chairmen between now and then, but Jay Powell is by far the worst at talking the market lower. When he gets on stage, the market typically tends to tank, at least on the initial reaction. Um, but so we'll see if he can continue to uh, at least not talk the market lower uh, on Wednesday's meeting. But if you've been paying attention here at the VRA or following the Fed, you know that he's really not in a very innovative place right now. It will likely be more of the same we've seen from his last few press conferences, last few FOMC meetings, something along the lines of, well, we still have work to do on inflation, but at this time, conditions are sufficiently restrictive. I would be shocked if he didn't say almost that direct quote at some point on Wednesday. Um, now, I also wouldn't expect him to have any comments on rate cuts in 2024. That question is going to come up. It's been a big topic lately with you know analysts coming out uh, with predictions all over from cuts being in the first quarter, second, third. But at some point in 2024, most analysts are calling for cuts. So we're definitely going to get a question on whether or not they're looking into it for 2024. Um, you know, I think that he'll try to evade answering those questions as much as possible and kind of give a hawkish tone to it. You know, something along the lines of, oh, we're not even thinking about that yet. Next question. You know, we'll see if he can do it in that that few of words. He's not very good at that either. Uh, no, no shade being thrown there. I might not be the best at it sometimes either. But uh, he has a he does have a habit of putting his foot in his mouth when he's up on stage answering questions. That's usually when the sell-off uh, becomes the worst. But <clears throat> the, really the only question here of uh, rate cuts for 2024 is will it be sooner or later? They're most likely going to be cuts next year. The market fully expects it. Uh, you know, Futures pricing data, roughly an 86% chance that the Fed will cut rates by May of 2024 meeting and a 99% chance they'll cut rates by September. And check this out. The CME FedWatch tool is even now reading a 30% chance that the Fed will have cut rates by a full percentage point by September. That, that's not an insignificant probability there that the market is reading into. Now, again, back to tomorrow's meeting. 
Uh, it's unlikely that he'll say anything about it. But let's remember this as well, that the Fed usually only cuts rates when something is broken or something has gone wrong. Now, if they've reached a point where inflation is just at t- below 2% for you know a few readings in a row, maybe they could get away with saying, oh, we're just going to cut a quarter, ba- a quarter percentage point here, uh, 25 basis points for the next couple of meetings, and then we'll pause again. That could happen. It's usually pretty rare. When the Fed starts cutting rates, it's usually because something is broken, and they have to do that. So... Let's hope that we can push off the rate cuts as long as possible. That really is probably the best case scenario, right? It means that they would have gotten the soft landing right. Uh, So, you know, as much as we dislike the Federal Reserve, very much in the Ron Paul camp of in the Fed, but uh, if they could pull it off, you know, hats off to them then. Um, If we were to happen to see rate cuts in 2024, kind of a strategy layout here of, you know, if we see the signs of weakness, we might take profits in some of our shorter term positions. But, you know, our view, we're looking at a roaring 2020s here with a phenomenal uh, ways to go, right? We haven't even started to really hit all time highs, at least not in our major indexes. So until we get there, the bull market really doesn't hit into its next leg yet. Uh, And, you know, we've said for some time, we're looking at, a rally that could rival the 1995 to 2000.com melt up. Uh, so that's what we're looking for going forward. So any pullback that we got uh, due to weakness, uh, due to what the Fed is doing, make no mistake about it, we would want to be getting our positions then on a pullback like that. We've said it for some time, not just buy the dip, uh, but the smart money move here is to continue to buy the dip. Um, but the market certainly didn't show any signs of wanting to slow down today. We saw a number of 52-week highs and all-time highs, especially good to see them in our favorite sectors. SMH today, uh, the semiconductor ETF up 2.4%. That hit an all-time high there, which was really good to see as we had NVIDIA, you know, the largest name in the group, down 1.85% on the day. So good to see the semis rallying Uh, even with the general there taking a little bit of a pause. We also saw an all-time high in the tech sector today. I'll get to where we are in the NASDAQ in just a second. But then, so we talk about this often, you want to see semis and housing lead. We saw semis hit an all-time high. Housing did as well again today. HGX, the housing index, hitting an all-time high along with home builders, uh, ETFs hitting all-time highs. But you also had Toll Brothers, Lennar, DR Horton, all of these major home builder players hitting all-time highs, or at least 52-week highs as well. So really good to see there. So looking at our markets on the day, we were led by the Dow today up 0.43% to 36,404. At the close today, that's just 530 points away or so from its all-time high. Uh, that's going back to January 5th, 2022. Right now, again, just about 530 points away from that number. The S&P hit a 52-week high today. Uh, Really good to see. I believe, uh, let me, uh, so the Dow Jones did hit a 52-week high today, just to clarify there as well. That was a 52-week high, just not an all-time high. Same with the S&P, 52-week high today, up just under four-tenths of 1% to 4,622, just about 200 points away from its all-time high, also in early 2022. Uh, next up, 
We had the NASDAQ up two tenths of 1% to 14,432, just at the highs of the day, just about 10 points away from its 52 week high as well. Um, I'll, I'll cover that in a second. You're seeing my meta was down on the day, uh, <clears throat> not helping it there. I'll get to that on the sectors though. Um, finally here, small caps up 0.15% to 1,883. I uh, was going to cover our internals as usual today, but there has been an error in the reporting uh, from both of our internal sources here. Uh, they were looked really light earlier, and then now they're they're they've erased them completely. It's zeros for every every uh, one across the board there. Um, from what we saw earlier in the session, it was a fairly light day though, uh, but mostly positive out there, just fractionally, no big two to one beats or anything. Um, so we'll see, you know, tomorrow I'm sure they'll have this refreshed, uh, just not in time for this podcast today. So next up then we'll take a look at our sectors where we finished with 10 out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day today. We were led by consumer staples and then industrials, which is also very close to an all-time high at the highs today, less than one point away from its all-time high. After that, materials, which I believe is also not far, at least from a 52-week high. Uh, it's got a little work to do there. After that, financials, which are very close to a 52-week high. Our one laggard on the day was communication services. Uh, this is where I thought I'd bring Meta into this, which was down 2.24% on the day, uh, which would explain communication services being lower, makes up like 20% of that sector weighting and Google makes up another 20% of that sector weighting. Google also down 1.2% on the day today. So that explains a little bit of the action and communication services there as well. Finally here for today, let's get a refresh on our commodity screens. Just one second. All right, so a little bit of red on the screen here. Gold is lower on the day by 0.84% now to 1,997. Uh, Kip and I were talking about this earlier today as well, that we're seeing now that bonds, at least uh, uh, bond prices, are at extreme overbought levels and bond yields getting close to extreme oversold levels, at least uh, before. And uh, <clears throat> so this is about when you might expect to see a little bit of a pause course stronger yields and a stronger dollar don't exactly bode well for the price of gold but i also will point out the 10-year yield was higher earlier in the session now lower down 0.14 percent at a 4.23 there finishing for uh that's for the 10-year yield um so gold's had a, a good run this is another group we still remain very bullish on here we do want the miners to start acting better here. Um, let's see where the US dollar finished. We were up slightly on the dollar today, but again, just a couple weeks ago, was at extreme oversold levels. Uh, so to get a little bit of a bounce there is not uh, of a concern to us. Uh, just would mean a little bit of tough times for commodities. Silver down as well today, down just over six tenths of 1% to $23.13 an ounce. Copper down bigger 1.23% to $3.78 a pound. Also, uh, point out that uh, for those of our listeners who have checked out our new website, you can also view all of these. Uh, we have a lot of them at the ticker tape atop the website. 
Um, you know, you'll find our major indexes in there, dollar index, uh, gold trading, and then under our analysis tab, you can also run your own charts as well if you want to take a look. Um, powered by trading view there get you know just phenomenal access you'll see everything um you know it's all major markets on there including uh some of our vra 10 baggers if you're a member you can take a look at them on the charting services there as well and then finally for our commodity watch oil uh, rallying a bit here up a quarter of one percent uh, but back above 70 dollars a barrel at 71 dollars and 40 cents and finally for today bitcoin Selling off a little bit, uh, kind of working on a piece right now um, about some of this new surveillance uh, tools that the government's going after to pass now as well, which could impact crypto in a big way. Crypto down on the day, uh, a lot of red on the screen here, but Bitcoin down 5.76% now to $41,263 of Bitcoin. Folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Uh, it's still where you would sign up. But if you want to take a look at our transcripts and everything else, uh, you can check it out at VRAletter.com under the resources tab there for podcasts. Uh, we're still getting all that cleaned up. You'll have the subscribe form on that page soon, though. So thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.